No. So, were, <laughs> so that was the scene that you were talking about, right? Yeah. The I, fucking the it, horse riding scene. It's just, oh. No, 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 no. Oh, which one were you no, talking I'm, about? I'm talking about just that particular part when they're at the creek. And really? He kills Curly Bill, and I just hate when he says, no. <laughs> oh, shit. I was not. Okay. That so, part is so I was, to- I was totally off then. I so was totally cringy, off. So cringy to me still. Wow. Um, what do you, how do you feel about that part? You know what? Watching it today, I was a little on the cringe side, but at the same time, um, I still... I still... Doing the research, apparently that actually really happened. When he said no? I don't know about the no oh. thing, but he stood up in the middle of a firefight, oh, yeah, walked through the creek, and fucking shot. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we'll get into that right now. So are we ready to go then? Let's do it. Play it again, man. You must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. Good morning, Vietnam! You're going to need a bigger boat. Erica! 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 Hasta la vista. All right, well, here we are. Tombstone, released by Hollywood Pictures on December 25th, Christmas Day, 1993, which I did not know. Had a budget of $25 million and made $56.5 million. So doubled, little over doubled its um its budget. And it was pretty well received when it came out. And obviously it got a lot bigger of a fan base afterwards on VHS and on DVD. After making a name for himself as a lawman oh, yeah. in Dodge City, Kansas, mm-hmm. Wider moves to Tombstone with his two brothers, and when he gets there, they're met by a gang of cowboys that have no respect for the law whatsoever, and pretty oh, much don't go around here. chaotic ensues after that. Right off the bat, we should talk about where we were when we first saw this movie. I'll go first, because I feel like the last time you went, I saw this movie in theaters, and oh, wow. as a little kid, I loved it. It's cowboys and guns and all that stuff that little boys love. But at no point as a child did I understand the significance. I didn't know that it was a true story. I didn't know pretty much anything about it besides that it went bang, bang, and it was cool as fuck. But I just remember my initial love for the movie. And when it comes to VHS, watching it over and over again at home and repeating lines and playing in my backyard and trying to tell my friends because I... It's a movie that I don't think kids my age at the time, I was, what, like four or five? Mm. A lot of the kids my age hadn't seen. Yeah. So I remember going out and, you know, trying to get people to play the scenes how they are in the movie and stuff like that. And just growing up watching it over and over again, watching it with my family a million times. I know it's my sister's, one of her favorite movies of all time. We really, really love this movie. We quote it all the time, my whole family and everything, and... It's just been a staple for me for my entire life. So yeah, that's where that's where I was. I think <clears throat> I think like a lot of the these movies from the nineties, mid nineties, late nineties, uh, early you know the whole nineties. I think a lot of them. Um, I, I probably all saw them like on cable, on cable, like on the black box. So you didn't go to the movies that often, huh? When you were like really young? No, no, probably not until like probably ten years old. 
11 when I started going with Going with your friends and stuff, too? Um, friends, not until probably, like... High school? Uh, no, high. like, junior high. Yeah. Like, eighth grade, makes, freshman makes year. Sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I just watched this movie today, and probably a couple hours before we started recording. And I was a little reluctant, actually, to watch it again, because I've seen it so many times, and I feel like I know it backwards and forwards. But once I put it on, I actually had to rent it on YouTube. So, anyway, <clears throat> I was reluctant to watch it today. But once I put it on, I just... God, just it was really paying attention to it because, you know, we're doing the podcast and so many things about it just hit me that in a way that had never hit me before. Mm-hmm. From a st- storytelling perspective, it's fucking really, really cool. You know, right when we meet uh, Wyatt Earp, he... He's an animal lover. He stops a guy from yeah. from beating the horse. Hurts Yeah. Stops a guy from beating the horse. And then right away he goes into the OK Corral and fucking gets the the job from Billy Bob Thorne, which we'll talk about a little bit later. <laughs> but yeah, just setting up the characters is cool. The dynamic between the brothers is really cool. Yeah. They're all meeting They're up really with each close. other. And right away, when they're traveling to Tombstone off that train, there's just this whole like gaping uh, landscape across the sunset yeah. scene that I was just like, wow. And then them coming into Tombstone and just the city's really alive mm-hmm. with people. They, like, spared no expense to have all the extras there and have, oh, the, yeah. town, have the town built out. You really feel it. Really and, really- and, the, and the music, too. Watching that scene with all those people, the set, and, and just how, how everything looks and feels with the music going on with it, I got this feeling of a bygone era, and not the bygone era of, obviously, when you're first watching it and you're watching it today, it's a Western movie. That stuff is long gone. It's all gone. But watching that scene with all those elements, the music, the extras, the the sets, the the people, there's a bygone era of filmmaking that I feel like we're not ever really going to see. There's a few directors who push it to the limits to, like, not have CGI in the background or CGI's you know uh extras or anything like that but i i just got this feeling that like fuck i'm never gonna see another movie like this unless it's a very low budget independent film or something like that so that was um that was something pretty incredible to me watching it for the first time so that was my initial reaction watching it uh today how did you feel about it rewatching it you know same i've seen it countless times and just every time I watch it, I'm just so excited to to press play. I'm just like just thrust into the into that world. I feel like I'm watching, you know, at times like like it's like a time machine, you know, like like time traveling and seeing like it's just. I mean, I would imagine it's everything's pretty close, you know, to to what life yeah. was like back then. Yeah, and. All their mustaches are real, right? <laughs> yeah, they are. So, so that's like a big thing right there. Like, yeah. imagine a fake mustache in on, the on yeah. Kurt Russell. Yeah, or it never worked. You know, and anyway. what and what a mustache! Oh my god, the best! What a mustache! Second to him is Virgil. Sam, 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 Sam Elliott. Elliot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are some fucking mustaches. They, they are. They have a life of their own. So they're a character of their own. Like I said, this movie came out in 1993, and it has a pretty crazy story about how it was made and how it came together and everything. So this story had been getting shopped around Hollywood for a little bit, 
at a time and Kurt Russell got a hold of it and they were going to produce it through Hollywood pictures and everything was getting, everything was getting set to go. And then the asshole Kevin Costner wants to make his own fucking Wyatt Earp movie, which I remember we got it for free from McDonald's when they used to give away movies. I just barely watched it. It was a two, it was a two VHS movie that i never watched ever i just knew it was gonna be awful and i was right because nobody ever talks about that movie ever unless we're talking about tombstone and how much better it is than yeah. that movie so there's been other iterations that Wyatt airborne was coming out at the same time and they had to push back the dates to release tombstone and the other studio was getting a little iffy about making it but anyway they go forward and the guy who wrote it the writer of it kevin jar he is set to direct the movie, and they start making the movie. And I think a couple weeks go by, and the studio just can tell none of the shit is working. Mm-hmm. So they fire him. And strangely enough, he was a friend of Michael Bean, who plays Johnny Ringo. And uh, Michael Bean was pretty upset about it. And he thought about walking off the walking off the <sighs> project. Glad that didn't happen. Yeah. So then they bring in George uh, Cosmatos. And he was a real stickler for detail. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he wasn't very friendly with any of the cast or crew, especially the cinematographer. They got into a big fight over the course of the film. Apparently, he, he like I said, he was a real stickler for detail, and he was way more focused on the mustaches being real, everything being time accurate, the clothing, how people would talk, how like all this stuff. So most people got... And, and, Especially when we're talking about the clothing, I was watching it today. Can we talk about the setup of Wyatt Earp's shirt? It's got, like, buttons down the back and then, like, this weird top cummerbund type thing in the front. I don't understand how or why they would make shirts like that. It's it's baffling. But anyway, so things aren't working out good. The process of the movie isn't working very fast. So in comes Kurt Russell to help the project. And apparently he saved it. Other people can verify this. Val Kilmer said it after years uh, that Kurt Russell essentially directed this movie Mm -hmm. from, from that point on. And even him, he worked with, uh, I can't remember who else he worked with, but he worked to revise the script Mm -hmm. because apparently there's a bunch of little subplots that didn't go anywhere. And he made it more about the relationship between Doc Holliday and, um, and wider, mm-hmm. which obviously turned out for the best because I was watching it after reading that I was watching it today and I got little snippets of uh, little snippets of like what could have been subplots that maybe they started filming and just kind of like passed on yeah. like right before Morgan gets killed. The sheriff goes to see Josephine, and he's like, oh, there's going to be one man oh, yeah. running tombstone after tonight, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So like he's in on the fact that they're going to kill the Yerps. Yep. And... That's something that I'm glad they didn't explore. I'm glad they toned all that stuff back. So, yeah, they it's a pretty grueling um, Arizona shoot. They're in the middle of Arizona, and that's one thing that I noticed t- today. Obviously, Doc Holliday, who is played by fucking Val Kilmer, and he's absolutely amazing in this movie, he has tuberculosis. So he's sweating throughout the <laughs> entire movie, just, yeah. just drenched in sweat. But there is, and apart, and I noticed this, apart from a couple scenes, Kurt Russell is like bone dry in this, mur- yeah. in this movie, but everybody else has this, this glaze on them. And I mean, it adds to the authenticity yeah, of, of, of the fuck. movie. So yeah, uh, it gets released on Christmas Day. 
it does pretty well. It's um, it gets pretty well reception by the critics as well. The most the most that it gets notoriety for is Val Kilmer's performance as Doc Holliday. You know, yeah. other people had played Doc Holliday before. Strangely enough, a little tidbit here: I found out that uh, obviously we know Val Kilmer. He also played Batman right after this. Mm-hmm. So. Adam West, who played Batman in the 1960s series, he actually played Doc Holliday three times on three different shows. So that's a cool little relationship that both of them have. They both played Doc Holliday and Batman at the same time. Or not at the same time, but at different points in their career. So yeah, that's how the movie was made. And now we'll move on to our next segment. Uh, What are the most rewatchable scenes in this movie? Um, I have mine written down. What are yours? The beginning of the redemption. You know, or the reckoning um, when they just go on that shooting spree and they start taking out all the cowboys. Okay, yeah. You know, now are you now are you talking? Are you talking the hell's coming with me montage? Are you talking the last uh, last ride of Wyatt Earp and his immortals? No, the hell's coming with. Okay, me. okay, yeah. all right, yeah. So I had I had I had that one. In one there of my well. fa- favorites of that one is when that dude's in bed. He's just hanging out with all the prostitutes. Yeah, and they yeah. kick the door open. He goes for his gun. And blah, yeah, he just gets killed. Yeah, and, and then they also do the nobody move and dog. Yeah, oh, by all means move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking great, man. Uh, Doesn't get any better than that. That's great. Of course, the uh, I have not yet begun to defile myself. I was thinking about writing that one down. I love that part. You're talking about when he passes out in the bar, right? Yeah. I, I was thinking about Ike. I was thinking Ike. about uh, writing that part down, but it's a little too short and a little too uneventful. For, I just love for, how, for me how he. I just love when he's insulting Ike. Oh yeah, I, that's another one. That's another son one. of a bitch. No one's that lucky. Maybe poker's not your game. Yeah, I know. How about a let's spell- have a spelling contest? <laughs> yeah. There, so me and Jason were talking earlier and. Not only is this movie one of the most quotable movies of all time, I think, but it's a movie that I didn't realize until watching it today. It has the most setups for comebacks that I've ever oh, fuck yeah. wanted people to set me up for in my entire <laughs> life. There's the, no, not me. I'm in my prom. Yeah, you look at... I, I've said that to people so much throughout my life, and I've gotten a lot of shit for it because it, it makes you come off like an asshole, but yeah. in the movie, it's great. Yeah. Also, uh, one of my favorite scenes that I'll talk about, the the, the opening scene is, is great. I'll talk about the scene I was going to say right now in a, in a second. But the opening scene is fantastic because you get, you get inoculated into this world of, you know, you have these, uh, these Mexican uh, police at their wedding and oh, then yeah, the cowboys just show up and then they unload on them, kill, kill them. I heard you kill two cowboys mm-hmm. and... You get the red sashes, so you know it's associated with them. It just set, it sets up oh, yeah. the lawlessness of the cowboys right away, and then right after they go and they eat their fucking wedding banquet Dude, that they yeah, were supposed to have. Savage. And I love the I love the the shitty the shitty talking uh, Mexican guy. Oh, the trans- can't re- yeah, the can't translation. Really, it's like he says something about a sick horse. <laughs> I don't know, but, and then and then from there we get the we get the the whole uh, setup because. The, the whole uh, a pale horse um, mm-hmm. and death set upon him and, and yeah. hell's coming with them, that is, that is something that is used in a lot of different mediums. Yeah. 
And the way that they set that up is like, oh, the guy speaking Spanish can't tell us what he was actually saying. And then Johnny Ringo comes out. And he's like, oh, you're an idiot. He was talking about, he's like, what was he saying about a sick horse coming to get us? He's like, oh, no, he's quoting Revelations. Mm-hmm. Behold, the pale horse and the man that sat upon him was dead mm-hmm. and hell followed with him. Like that, from a writing standpoint, is, is, is awesome. You, yeah. you, it, like it, it's exposition, but it works because that situation just happened. And now we need an explanation for what he was talking about. And another thing that I noticed about that opening scene is while the Cowboys are going off shooting all the all the other people there, Johnny Ringo, you can't really tell if he's shooting, but there's this look of kind of look of kind of disgust on his face while they're just going blatantly. So I was like, oh, I don't know if he's shooting, and even if he is, I don't know if he was like down for this style like massacre. So you're kind of like, oh, I don't know about this guy or whatever. But right afterwards, when they're about to eat and the priest comes out and he's fucking talking, he's like, turns around right away and shoots the priest. Like, oh, this guy just shot a priest. He doesn't give a fuck about it. It seems like he's not down for mass murder, but he's not down for being inconvenienced or annoyed. No. And that just makes him a formidable. Plus, he sold his soul to the devil. Yeah, yeah. And and he really hates hates (laughs) priests. Yeah, so so that's. That's good about that. And then there's something else about that opening scene. McMaster's. Oh, McMaster's when they take when they take the wife. Yeah, he's like, and he's yeah, he you get the look, he gets that look on his face and he's like, he's he's it, I'm, so, I'm so glad you so that kind of sets up McMaster's and why he trades sides yeah. later on. I'm glad you caught that because I saw that today and I was like, I know he traded later on, but that was just a nice because later on he he mentions like so we see how he's upset by that yeah and then, and then later on he's oh it like, wasn't all right that you did it to your, did women. It to your women and that's like was like the last straw yeah he's like him. you know killing other men with guns that's fine but yeah you know messing with women they they got no part in this, right so. right yeah that's it's and great. i was like you know what mcmasters you're all right you're all right <laughs> michael rooker man he's he's great Dude. uh we'll talk a little bit about him in the casting so the next scene that i had was the Oriental entering the Oriental. Oh, yes. I said, "Throw down, boy." That's another. That's a favorite. That's that's course. another. That so you get that beginning part where Wyatt Earp saves the horse and you use it. He's a gentle soul. He doesn't like hurting animals. Mm-hmm. But then you get that next scene where he's just a no bullshit, not gonna fucking. Oh yeah. He's not screwing around type guy. So you go in there. He goes in there and he's talking to the bartender like, "Oh, why is there nobody in here?" It's like, "Oh, it's because of that guy." I. It's Billy Bob Thornton, and he's over there. And that's another one that I would say all the time. <laughs> Swear it's like I'm playing cards with my brother's kids or something. And he, he fits in that. He fits in that part so well. You get that goddamn cigar out my face. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's so good. He's so good in that scene. So then you get you get. Uh, Kurt Russell, not only is he doing the good guy thing by getting that motherfucker out of there, mm-hmm. but he's also got the play, because after that scene's over, he's like, what do you say, about 50% of the house tank? So yeah. he's already setting up his shit. But it's just so great, because he goes over there, he fucking, you get the, and, and you know, we talked about Kurt Russell a little bit in the Fifth Element pod, mm-hmm. when you were, were talking about who could have replaced Corbin Dallas, yeah. and I was saying that there's something just charming and endearing about Kurt Russell, even though he's played ruffians before, this is the first time in this movie, even before he like kind of like bullies that dude that's hitting the horse, he gets this look in his eye that is like, I don't know if I want you to punch me or kiss me in the face. <laughs> like, you know, he gets this look in his eye and he has it throughout the whole movie when he gets angry. And he's, <laughs> he's, 
he goes up to Billy Bob Thornton and he's just like giving him the most shit and Billy Bob's just like like can't do anything about he's it. He's staring he's, through him. Yeah, just like he's not even a fucking person. Something on your mind? Just want to let you know you're sitting in my chair. <laughs> Is that a fact? Yeah, it's a fact. Well, for a man that don't go healed, you run your mouth kind of reckless, don't you? No need to go heel to get the bulge on a tub like you. Is that a fact? Mm. That's a fact. Well, I'm real scared. Damn right you're scared. I can see that in your eyes. All right, man, go ahead. Go ahead, skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Listen, mister, I'm, I'm getting awful tired of your... I'm getting tired of your gas. Now jerk that pistol and go to work. <clears throat> I said throw down, boy. Oh. You gonna do something or just stand there and bleed? Skin that smoke wagon see what happens, dude. Jerk that pistol and go to work. Yeah, it's 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 just so good, so good. And then, like we said, right after that, he gets um, he gets fifty percent of the house take, and he's yeah. he's on his way to making a buttload of money. Now, in let me ask you this: yeah. Have you ever used this insult on anyone? Have you ever said no need to take the bulge on a tub like you? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I have not. I. I've heard him say that before, but obviously no one ever uses that. Yeah. So I'm like, I really don't know what it means. Yeah. And then I see I had it in the no subtitles and I still don't know what it means. <laughs> but it made a little more sense when I read it. I was like, no need to take the bulge on a tub like you. Tub, okay, he's fat. Yeah. But bulge, I don't like I don't taking know. a bulge, I don't know. That's one of those one of those sayings you will just never we'll never know. Um, I'm getting awfully tired. Tired? What do you say? I'm getting awfully tired. I'm getting awfully tired of your mouth. Yeah, it's uh, it's I'm a, getting tired of your gas now. Jerk that pistol. And go, go to work, work. <laughs> dude. So it's, it's it's a it's a great scene. You have any have any others? Um. Oh, after uh, Curly Bill. Well, starting with Curly Bill when he's in the opium den, comes out shooting at the moon, shooting okay. at the people, and then when he kills uh. Fred White, yeah, and then uh, oh, okay. White Earp comes so, out. So I, so I have, I have that, that whole one too. I have that one too. So I love when he puts the gun to Ike's head. Yeah, no, I, I fucking love that scene. So I had, I had one right before that, which is the theater scene, because oh, at, yeah. at first when that scene comes on, I'm like, oh, they're sitting in a theater. It's like, what the fuck's gonna happen? It's not that big of a deal. But you have this whole dynamic between the cowboys sitting on the on the floor so good. and then Wyatt and Doc and everybody else sitting up on the balcony. Um Professor Gilman, I seen See him, him, he catches stuff. Yeah. Hey Professor, <laughs> catch, catch this. this. <laughs> They're shooting real bullets. <laughs> and uh yeah, that scene's great. And then you get and then you get the um Billy Zane. Bill, the Billy Zane coming out, which we you got know, to do our country loss. <laughs> <laughs> you do that again, dude. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, you get the Billy, you get the Billy Zane bit in there, but I think, oh, that's what I was gonna say too. Like earlier in the beginning scene, when you first meet Maddie, she's strung out right, oh, yeah. when you, right when you meet her, I, and I she's, didn't asking, really and she's asking for Lotnum like yeah. right away. Like that's how you meet her. 
And, uh, but anyway, back to the theater scene. And then you get this, like, little cute conversation between Doc and, and Wyatt. One is like, well, who is the devil? And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, you made it indeed yeah. if you get lucky. Oh, yeah. And then you and get that. Yeah, and then you get that, uh, that great, uh, the great little fucking uh, bit from Johnny Ringo about selling his soul yeah. to the devil and fucking him in the ass or whatever. Hold on, real quick. Yeah. I love how Curly Bill calls Johnny Juanito. You notice that? No. I he never, calls him Juanito. I never noticed yeah. that. Not even today. Yeah. Oh, this is one thing that I was going to say. After after <laughs> Billy Zane's speech and... and uh, Pawn St. Christmas Day. Yeah, and, fuck, and fucking Curly <laughs> Bill's ass. Right. You know, yeah, I, I love that, dude. Some of some of his line readings dude. are the best. So he gets up, yeah, yeah. So so right after that, they all start yeah. fucking shooting, yeah. shooting their guns. How much do you think those poor theater operators spend on roof repairs? Oh yeah, the, the, it's gonna be raining in all all season yeah. with all those oh, guns, sure. with all the gunshots in the ceiling. It's crazy, but yeah. So that was that was one. I was, yeah, right after that, I was going to say The Oriental Part 2. Let's see. Oh, yeah, when, after that, right? Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. When so, yeah, yeah. When, John, when Johnny Ringo shows up and he's, and he's spinning his gun. Oh, yeah. And then amazing. that's where What's-Her-Name comes in. Oh, that, oh, dude. So, so yeah, good scene, that's, another, that's another part that I was, I, was, I was hesitant to say that, like, that's one of the best scenes because that little snippet of him and Johnny Ringo going back and forth is a little short. And I was like, oh, there's not much that happens before that. But just him talking to, Doc talking to Wyatt about him being an oak and... And what would he do oh, if, yeah. if she walked in and he's like, oh, I would ignore her, ignore her. Like, I would ignore her. And then he's like, I'll remember you said that. Yeah. And, dude, he does this little click with the with this glass and then walks off. And I'm like, Val Kilmer in this role, and we'll talk about oh, him he, when we get to the cast, the, the little intricacies that he puts into mm-hmm. this character and into the scenes, it, it's just so... Emphatically awesome. It, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing. He he definitely stills a show in this movie, and it, and it it shows in every scene that he's in. Yeah. Um. But yeah, at, right after that, we get you know Johnny Ringo and and Doc Holliday speaking Latin to each oh, other, great. and then they had the little uh, you get you get Ike Clanton coming in, like law don't go around here, you savvy, and and that's the first time I've ever heard anybody say you savvy. Yeah, you know. Too. Later on, it gets made famous by Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean, but that was that was uh, that was Clinton. definitely a Ike Clanton pull for me. Um, and you just get you 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 haven't really seen Ike Clanton or heard from him at all, and he's just. He's just a bumbling fucking. He just love to hate that guy. Yeah, he's 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 so he's so reprehensible in that movie, and such a fucking weasel. Yeah. And the whole time I was watching this movie, like I would always be like, "Why don't they kill him in this know, movie? Why don't they kill him?" But I realized Ike Clanton was a real person. And they explained what happened to him at the end of the, at the end of the movie. So after that, I have uh, I wrote down here in Bluffin. But it's basically <laughs> yes. Curly Bill comes out of Curly Bill comes out of the opium den. Yep. He shoots Fred White, and then you have the standoff between oh, the cowboy, the cowboys and uh, and the the Earp brothers. Mm-hmm. And there's just this tension that builds up oh, there because at first Wyatt's all by himself, and he's still dude. He's got 
curly bill in his hand, yeah. and he pulls out a gun and puts it to Ike's Ike head. Said, your men might get, get me in a rush, rush, but not before I turn your head into a canoe. Just so good. Yeah. It's like he's bluffing. Let's rush him. No, no. He ain't, he ain't bluffing. He'll kill me. He'll kill me. <laughs> yeah, Dude, everybody in this movie is just really, really good. Uh, Even the smallest characters. And then you have the Earp brothers showing up, and then you have Val Kilmer coming out. And, you know, he gives the famous line. Piano player. <laughs> he can't hit nothing. Fact. Fact. Probably seeing double. I got two guns, one for each of y'all. Yeah, he gives that iconic line. And it's just, it's a great scene. It's yeah. just, there's this high tension that's coming and standoffish. It's fucking really cool. After that, I have the OK Corral scene. It's, it's building up. They have to swear... They have to swear Wyatt Earp in, and then Doc comes down after he collapses from the from the poker game the night before. And I can't remember what Wyatt's... Oh, he's like, oh, give him give Virgil the cane, you take the shotgun. I, I don't think they'll be likely to do anything if you're on the street howitzer. And yeah, I was yeah. like, dang, I never, I never noticed that. Yeah. But I was like, oh, yeah, because that's one thing about Doc Holliday that I was researching he's like a georgian aristocrat yeah and very well cultured very well learned and he loved playing poker and apparently he was so good at poker that everybody just always thought he was cheating so mm-hmm. he ended up in a bunch of gunfights and then just became a fucking immaculate gunfighter yeah. after that so that's a little tidbit there that goes to like oh if he's got a shotgun they're not gonna want to fuck around with us pretty much yeah so then they go over there and they're going to disarm and and while watching it Today, I was like, you know what? Morgan's blood is on Virgil's hands. Because Wyatt gives him that whole speech. is like, dude, they're like, you want to go over there because they're armed? That's a misdemeanor. What if something goes wrong? Blah, blah, blah. And obviously, mm-hmm. they all make it out of there. I can't even say they all make it out of there walking because Virgil gets shot in the, in the you know, in the, in the ankle or whatever. But they all make it out of there. And then the retaliation on that is they get... Ten times worse. Yeah, they get Morgan killed. Yeah. Um, but that scene's really cool. It has a nice little tension buildup, obviously. Everybody goes for their guns, but they stop. There's a nice little little pause there. And then Doc gives the wink to uh, Billy Clayton, played by Thomas Hayden Church. And then all hell breaks yeah. loose. And pretty much... Yeah, it's 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 a firefight. Your thoughts on anything on that scene that's like historically I heard I heard that or I read that that people witnesses said that that the Earps really initiated that fight. Oh really? That they were the ones down there and shot first. Yeah. And yeah. like were the ones really like, you know, let's get these guys antagonizing. Yeah, let's just kill them all. Mm. So but then some say, Oh no, it's cowboys and could have been it could have been either way. And then they and then they do make that play when they're at the funeral. It's like murdered in the streets of Tombstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright. Um, are there any cause I have my last one. Do you have any other you you kind of started with it though? Cause my last my last uh play it again scene is Hell's coming with me all the way through the montage, yeah. all the way to the firefight in the creek. That so after Morgan gets killed, this movie becomes a little bit of a fever dream to me. I don't know if you get that sense. Because when they're in Tombstone, they, they, they arrive by train, they ride to Tombstone, and then the days go by, they're making money. And that part of the movie, to me, feels really grounded, feels really well-structured. Yeah. 
And then once Morgan dies and they go on that whole run of like killing cowboys, not to say that I don't enjoy the end of the movie or anything like that. It, and I don't know if this is intentional because it's supposed to be just this yeah. re- relentless like ride across that's what I think. A, ride across the country that you don't know what how many yeah. days they've been out there, if they've been sleeping, what they've been eating, where they've been staying or, yeah. or whatever. I like and and it comes to a little bit of a stop when 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 uh they put Doc when up. Doc gets sick. Yeah. But then it starts right back up after he kills Johnny Ringo. But yeah, the la- the last maybe like 20 minutes of this movie seemed like kind of a fever dream to me, but I will say obviously the way that whole thing starts is Ike is on the on the <coughs> railroad tracks was as the train's pulling away from the station. And then he gets pistol whipped by by Wyatt, mm. and he gives you know the famous line again. You see that? It says United States Marshal. Wyatt, please don't kill me. Please. Take a good look at him, Mike, because that's how you're going to end up. The Cowboys are finished. You understand me? I see a red sash. I kill a man wearing it. So run, you curse! Uh, run! Tell all the other curs the line's coming! You tell them I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! And then you just get this fucking onslaught of them riding cross country, just killing dudes, killing yeah. dudes in opium bins. And he does the famous opium, like the gun in the oh, mouth. Yeah, when he's, gonna, so when he's gonna take the pipe, and, <sighs> and you know he's with Chris. They're with Crystal Creek and Jack Snake, and 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 it's just like wow, what is, what, what is this shit gonna fucking? What is this shit gonna end? Texas and then Jack. Texas Jack, I'm sorry, Texas Jack. What is this shit also, gonna end? Also, no, Jack Snake sounds pretty sick. It does sound pretty sick. Cool. Jack Snake. <laughs> so, what is this shit gonna end, you know? And then it comes to the, like, they, they're they getting the upper hand, they're getting all these people, they're getting the... I don't remember if in the first montage or the second montage where Ike takes his, his sash off. Oh, it's at and the end. They, oh, it's at the yeah. end. Oh, okay. And he finally gives up, because then they're, they're yeah, chasing yeah, yeah. Behan, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's another thing, too, is I like, wish they would have showed him... Yeah, it. getting it because yeah. I I forget all the time that he deputizes all of them. Yep. So it's like lawmen versus lawmen. Even though it's kind of ridiculous because they're U.S. marshals. Yeah, but whatever. It it twas the times. But it comes to an end. It comes to a head when they get to that creek and they get in that crossfire. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was a little cringe for me today. It's always been a little cringe, but I'm just like, oh shit, this is fucking really cool. I like. I like the fact that this really happened. Mm-hmm. Killed Curly Bill, and yeah, those are those are everything I got from my my favorite scenes. Do you have anything else? I love the showdown between Ringo and and Doc when he thinks it's it's Earp when it's White Earp. So I was gonna write that down, but it's just really short. Yeah. But it's definitely a rewatchable part. Like I could go on YouTube and watch that part. Yeah, over and over again. I just I just like like how quick it ends. You know. Especially with with two guys like that, so skilled, yeah, it would be fast. Yeah, it'd be one two one two shots. And yeah, I'm dead. Yeah. So I love he just. But the head wound. Uh huh. Why does it look ten times worse when he's finally dead on the floor than when he first gets shot? Uh, probably because of inconsistencies in makeup. But I'm gonna chalk it up to the fact that, uh, <laughs> you know, when he fell over, his skull opened up a little bit. Okay, maybe, I don't dude. Know. 
that point blank, that shit would have blew off the top. Oh of his no, head. the back of his head would have been gone. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. The front of his head, usually when bullets go into something, if it's what depending on what caliber, it's gonna leave a pretty small hole in the front. It's the like the fact that it's traveling through a a piece of body yeah. surrounded like that force going out. through it, it fucking just explodes everything on the other side. But no, that's definitely a great scene. When he's he, falling, he's like, come on. Come now on. now you know Daisy. You know Daisy. You know Daisy at all. Poor soul. I always I always love Say too when. Too high strong. Say when. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, just too hot strong. <laughs> yeah, he's just so he's just so like, and then even even the even polite and killing him. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't even put this one on there, but I also fucking love it when it's like when Johnny Ringo's drunk. Oh yeah, and he's I was gonna and he's that. like cha- he's challenging them, and then you see he has actual emotions. Yeah, he's sad that yeah, they, well, his friends yeah, are yeah. dead. His friends are dead. He's wasted, and he's like, you don't have you got the the guy for blood. blood. I'm your huckleberry. Fucking gets up. Oh, I was just fooling. Oh no, that's like, I wasn't. Yeah, and see, that's another. That's like that one. I was just fooling. I wasn't. Even though significantly, if anybody ever heard that, heard me saying that, they wouldn't know. Same thing with like, hell, Doc, why are you even doing this? Why Earp is my friend. Hell, I got lots of friends. I don't. <laughs> just, oh, it's just so good. Just so good. Or what about before the OK Corral? He's like. He's like, Doc, you oh, gotta get mixed up. I wrote this. that. I wrote that one down. That, that is a hell, hell of a thing, thing for you to say to me. Oh, just oh god! I can't wait to get to the cast. What real quick? What about when Virgil, when they're walking in the town, he's like, "I miss Doc." He's like, "I don't." See, that's another thing that I, that I like. Okay, so so you get a dynamic and you get a rapport between the brothers right before they leave for Tombstone. Like, who knows what happened between Virgil? Exactly, and, Doc. and that's and that's the thing too that I was like, "Oh, that's like." Like but I want, like I want, Wyatt loves he him. loves him yeah. he loves him I love him he makes me laugh yeah and then and then that's another thing that I didn't mention too that we could also uh, put into the first okay corral scene is right after that you get them meeting up with Doc well Johnny Tyler you mad cat Doc where you going with that shotgun I didn't know you was back in town. Well, well. How the hell are you? Wyatt, I am rolling. Morgan. Doc. Virgil. Ooh, Doc. Going into business for ourselves, Doc. Wyatt just got us Pharaoh game. Oh. Since when is Pharaoh a business? Don't you always say that gambling's an honest trade? No, I said poker's an honest trade. Only suckers buck the tiger. The odds are all on the house. Depends on how you look at it. I mean, it's not like anybody's putting a gun to their head now, is it? <laughs> That's what I love about Wyatt. He can talk himself into anything. <laughs> oh, Johnny, I apologize. I forgot you were there. You may go now. Well, Johnny time! Yeah, <laughs> man camp. Where you going with that, that shotgun? shotgun? And then that's another one that I would al- I would always use to forgive me if I don't shake hands. Uh, and like that whole scene was like, oh, I forgot you were there. You, you may, may go, go now. Uh, but the rapport that they all have yeah. there, and you know, even Virgil's cordial with Doc Holliday, even yeah. though he says he doesn't like care for him or whatever, the rapport that they all have in that instance is fucking, yeah. fucking great. It's absolutely amazing. But yeah. I think that Morgan's kind of like the. I've heard about this guy. Yeah, yeah. And my brother's like, like the, young, the so young blood. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm cool with him. And, and I can't wait to talk about Bill Paxton, too. Yeah. He's, oh, he's, yes. he's great. 
So on that note, then let's let's get into the cast. All right, all right. So obviously, big star in the room is Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell is probably in my top ten, if not my top five, act favorite actors of all time. I think it was because maybe my mom was in love with him, and we just had movies that he was in playing all the time. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, watching movies of his on my own, like oh, one of my favorite horror movies, probably my second favorite horror movie of all time, is The Thing, mm-hmm. and he's absolutely amazing in that. And then I saw. <laughs> I saw Escape from LA before I saw Escape from New York and to this day I think I did too uh, to this day I enjoy Escape from LA it's so shitty and so <laughs> ridiculous but I enjoy it to all hell Escape from New York is fucking awesome too yeah. and that movie I can actually enjoy because it fits, it fits for the time for yeah. sure you know Kurt Russell he he had a bit of a struggle as much of a fucking gorgeous white man can have in Hollywood because he was he was a Disney star. He was in a bunch of different Disney movies when he was a kid. I haven't seen a lot of them, but I remember watching this uh, Disney back in the day used to put out episodes of like, oh, the Magic Kingdom, and they would show you behind the scenes of like all the rides and everything. And mm-hmm. there was one special that I had on a VHS with a bunch of like Simpsons Halloween episodes and just Halloween episodes in general of different TV shows. There was one of those, and there was an episode where they were going behind the scenes in the Haunted Mansion. And I remember seeing Kurt Russell, and he's like 15 or something. I didn't know that. No, yeah, see, I didn't know until then. I was maybe like 12, 13. And I saw that episode, and I was like, holy shit, that, that's Kurt Russell. And then my uncle was like, oh, yeah, no, you didn't know he was a huge Disney star or whatever. So for him, before Snake Bliskin and a couple other movies, uh, jumping that gap from Disney star mm. to ultrafied badass was a little bit of a hump for him. People yeah. didn't know yeah, how like to how, treat him or like how to, how to market him in, in yeah. those roles or whatever. Luckily enough, he stuck to his guns and he made some really great movies. You know, I think at the end of the seventies, he makes escape from New York. And then right after that. And, and another thing too, is like not a lot of the movies did well to go through his transition, you know? So like escape from New York, I don't think did, that great in theaters um and then the thing is one of the greatest sci-fi horror movies of all time but it opened up against et and there was nothing that you were going to do to fucking beat out et yeah i actually kind of hate et for that reason um (laughs) but that's neither here nor there and then you know he makes a bunch of other movies throughout the 80s uh Overboard, Captain Run. I love Overboard. Oh, can we do the Overboard? Yes. I am so. Uh, this is the first I'm hearing of you loving the. My mom showed me that. My mom loves Overboard so much. Obviously, he met he he gets together with uh with Goldie Hawn, yeah. um, and they make a couple movies together. And he has this career that he's like Kurt Russell to me. Looking at his career, he he's like a A minus Lister. Mm. He never quite hit like that Clooney like yeah. Brad Pitt DiCaprio Robert De Niro level you know Pacino level he's always been a guy who can sell tickets for sure oh, yeah. but at the end of the day he it just it just never happened for him that way and I don't know if that was by choice because I mean his movies definitely made money and I don't know what it was about him that audiences or studios just didn't push him to be that type of person. Because I think he definitely has the chops to 
yeah. win awards and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But it's not like nobody would ever not want to take a picture with them if they ever saw him, you know? Oh, man, I'd lose my mind if I saw him. So him, yeah, dude, me too. So him in this movie playing Wyatt Earp, obviously right before this or at the same time, Kevin Costner, who... Hold on, but I love Kevin Costner. Okay, so this is a thing. <laughs> this is a thing. This might be a whole segment on this. We could start a whole podcast about Kevin Costner. When I grew up, I remember watching Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm-hmm. And it was one of my favorite movies, yeah. little kid growing up. I was just like, bows oh, and arrows, swords, and riding Morgan horses Freeman. and everything. It just, I was just... I was just, oh my god, this is amazing. And I think the same way it went with his career, he just made movies, and he just seemed like the stalest piece of bread I could ever come across. Like, if you're really, really hungry, and then there's just, a, like, a stale piece of bread, you're like, alright, I'll, I'll eat Waterworld, or whatever. I just... I really on, you didn't like the postman. <laughs> I you know what I have only seen the postman one time and I was not impressed. But then again, I was like six years old, yeah. so I I I have yet to rewatch like JFK. It's funny that, seen that they both they both made this movie wider, and then they star in that. Have you ever seen Three Thousand Miles to Graceland? Yeah, it yeah. Was awesome. Is it? Yeah, for what it is. <laughs> yeah, I guess we might be able to do that one like way long when we're like, done. When we're done with movies, because I've seen that movie a bunch I, of times, but I, I, I don't know why. I like a lot of shitty action, a lot of so, shitty, so do like, I. Like, so do obviously I. shitty. You know, I I love that stuff. And like, you and put Kurt Russell in anything, I'll, I'll watch. Yeah, and that movie is awesome. Like, I, just how dumb it is and how bad. I don't know. Yeah, that movie's fun. It's fun. So anyway, Kevin Costner could suck a dick. For, for me. Hold on, but Dances with Wolves is a good-ass movie. Dude. I am going to turn this podcast off right now. You want me to keep going? I wish you wouldn't. The show Yellowstone <laughs> is fucking great. Wait, are you serious? I'm serious. serious. You're dead serious. I'm almost done with season three. <laughs> I'm not trying to demean you. I just I'm was serious. Not, it's I fucking good. I wasn't expecting it. Season oh. four. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's great about the show. We're learning new uh, things about each other all the time. All right. Well, you love Kevin Costner. I have a vague recollection of why I liked him. Yeah. I'm sorry, Dances with Wolves. I have I a really, I have a really big bone to pick with that movie. First of all, it's a story that's been told over and over again. Mm-hmm. Second of all, that movie not only won Best Picture but Best Director. Over Goodfellas and Martin Scorsese. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, fuck that movie. Oh, well. Like. But, yeah, that shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Look. All right. To, to have you go back on my side. Yeah. If it's Kevin Costner or Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell. Oh, okay. Okay. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're now we can be friends again. Now we can be friends. That's great. That was great. That was a good move. That was a good move. Yeah. So anyway, Kurt Russell in this movie is incredible. He plays this. I love the description without knowing him mm-hmm. that Billy Zane, Mr. Fabian, Billy Zane's character gives of him when they get oh, off yeah, the yeah. coach because it's literally probably what was written in the screenplay oh, describing sure. Wyatt Earp and, yeah. and it's just so dead on because he's just got this <clears throat> fucking hardcore gaze 
got this slim silhouette and all this shit. Like, he just seems like the antithesis of what a lawman should have been back in the day, you know? The ideal lawman, pretty much. And he's just so he, he's so good in this movie. There, there's a gentleness and a kindness to him that you get in the scene with him and Josephine when they're riding horses together. And this kind of innocence and, and vulnerability, especially after that. And he goes back to see Maddie. Yeah. And he's telling her, like, oh, what if we move on and just get room service? Like, the conversation he had. And then she's obviously fucking hopped up on Lottenham and shit. Yeah. And then he's just like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. I didn't really want that. And lays back down in bed. And there's just this vulnerability that he gives off that's just fucking amazing. All and the, then all the wind is taken out of his fucking sails. At that yeah, point. yeah. His world was blown wide open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the horse ride and the picnic. And then and just then, dead air. Yeah. So, and then also there's that veracity in him that you get when he's talking to Billy Bob Thornton or when he's talking to Ike with the gun to his head. Yeah. Um, and he just plays, just those levels that he takes it to. And then there's the playfulness that he has with Doc. Yeah. Just that, that friendly rapport that he has. There's, yeah. there's just a lot of levels of his character in this movie that just, I, I feel like Kurt Russell, this is probably his best role. As far as like at being an actor, mm, yeah. And so. after this, you know, he does. He makes plenty of movies after this. Executive Decision, The Soldier, which oddly enough is supposed to be in the Blade Runner universe. Oh, really? Yeah, it's 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 supposed to be in the same universe. So it's like a quote unquote sequel to Blade Runner. Kind of another movie I watched on cable. I I watched. I, watched I okay, so that was a movie that I always wanted to see because Kurt Russell was in it as a sci-fi action movie, and I never ever ever saw it. And then I watched it recently, and I was like, eh, I could have not watched this. It was it was clunky for yeah, sure. It's, 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 it. it's nothing to to say against Kurt Russell's performance or anything like that, but the movie itself just wasn't very well done. Um, but yeah, he does that movie. He does. A bunch of a bunch of other stuff. Uh, I saw Dark Blue, Dark Blue, where he's a like a a really bad cop. Yeah. Um, he starts working with Tarantino with Death Proof and uh, Hateful Eight. Oh yeah. Uh, he, he even does a little voiceover in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I feel like he's an actor now who could still. I mean, it's. I feel like he's a person. If somebody gave him a role even a supporting role or something, he could just give this performance, this all-time performance that would win him an Oscar or something like that. There's, he, there's yet to come. Like, like, it depends. No, no, I, 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 I think that it depends on whether or not he wants to make movies still. Yeah. Uh, because I think that he could be casted in something in the right roles, obviously, but I think that it depends on what he's interested in and what he wants to do. Because, I mean, if you're Kurt Russell, like, you don't have to fucking answer to anybody, dude. Yeah. You're Kurt Russell. Did you see Bone Tomahawk? I haven't, no. Fuck. I haven't. I, I always see it on Amazon, like, on the, on the to watch. I, I've been meaning to watch it. I'll, I'll, I'll check that one out now that you have your recommendation. I actually did this thing. I, I wanted to do this, this podcast idea where we take either an actor or a director and we literally watch 
all their movies and then just go through their careers. So I was doing that with Kurt Russell at one time and I watched his movie that I used to see like at Blockbuster all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I started seeing it on like Amazon. It's called The Breakdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's another movie I watched. And I was like, damn, this is fucking a weird movie, but it's interesting. And obviously, we talked about 3,000 Miles to Graceland. That's kind of like in a in an era where I think like he didn't know Hollywood wasn't rapping at the door no. anymore. He was just taking whatever. But he was taking, not necessarily taking whatever, but he was just kind of, you know, filling the waters and seeing what else would, would work for him. So that's Kurt Russell. I think we, we touched on that. Next up, we got... Val Kilmer, man, as Doc Holliday. And I recently watched, I don't know if you've seen it, there's a documentary. Oh, yeah. out. Amazing. Yeah, I watched it. It was it was pretty badass. Just to get a little bit more insight on who Val Kilmer was. Because I, he's a guy that, like, came up in the 90s and had this really, like, great start-off career you know he he's in top gun and then he plays jim morrison mm-hmm. and then he does he does this movie and they talk about it on the rewatchables where oscars shouldn't be given the year that they come out they should be given out five years later so that way you could let the dust settle and mm. see who really who really won so val kilmer i'm not even sure if he gets nominated for doc holiday but even if he did he didn't win but the person that won that year definitely didn't deserve it over him. Doc Holliday is a staple. So many people know that character, even if they haven't seen the movie. Um, obviously, he's a real person. He's been played by other people like Stacey Keach and a bunch of other people in other movies. Like I said earlier, Adam West. But Doc Holliday in this movie, I can't imagine have been more accurate. Because I've seen other iterations of him in other movies, and they're nothing like this. Nothing do like you, this. Do you know, I don't remember who played him in the White Earp movie. With Kevin Costner. Oh God! But I, I remember seeing him like God. This is I can't remember. So oh, another little tidbit about that: Michael Madsen turned down oh, yeah. turned down Pulp, Pulp Fiction, Fiction to be that. in Wyatt Earp, and he regretted. What it. a fucking moron, yeah. dude! What a moron! Oh, so horrible. <laughs> I think he plays Virgil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember who yeah. plays Doc Holliday in the other movie, but there's no way that it could have been been as good. So. Doc Holliday, uh, apparently their first choice of it was Willem Dafoe to play him, which Willem Dafoe is a great actor. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know how he would have played it. It probably would have been good, but there's I just can't see anybody being better than how Val Kilmer approached it. Yeah. it, it he's just, you know, he's 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 got that Southern, uh, Southern Georgian aristocrat, like, swagger mm-hmm. and the voice and... How he plays sick, and so like smooth. I said, the the, the mannerisms. Uh, Val Kilmer came up with the little the the coin oh, flipping yeah, in his so hands. Cool. Like he did that himself. Thought it was something that a gambler would would know how to do. He worked. He did his gun work, and he just went to town on this role. And it's crazy because he has his career. He gets up to that point. I think he was horribly overlooked for an Oscar or a Golden Globe, all the fucking awards. Just give him give him all the awards. And then after this he does Batman Forever, which was a huge financial success. But he hated doing the movie mm-hmm. because it was uncomfortable and it yeah. wasn't like after after watching that documentary, it's like you get the idea that he just really wanted to act and yeah. be an He's actor. Like, I'm but, just a guy in a suit. But at the same at the yeah, at the same time if you're a young actor in Hollywood and somebody says, hey, do you want to be Batman? Yeah. You're not going to say no. Yeah. Some people have said no. Apparently, Josh Hartnett was supposed to play Batman at one point, and he turned it down. But um, 
Yeah, he makes that movie. It's wildly successful. Says no to the sequel, even though they're fucking trying to give him a shitload of money to be in it. And then he goes off and does uh, other movies. I know he does a lot of independent films after that. Uh, I think one of the most notable movies he makes after that isn't until like 2005 with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang uh, starring opposite Robert Downey Jr. right before he comes comes back. Um, I haven't seen that movie. Yeah, dude, that movie's great. That movie's amazing. Real quick, did he do Heat before Batman Forever? Yeah, yes, right? yes, yeah. yes, okay. yeah, so, he did. Yeah, mentioned heat. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he, we'll definitely be doing, we'll definitely be doing heat on this show soon. Yeah, it's 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 sad that he couldn't be the actor he wanted to be and be popular at the same time. Yeah, because he he um, I didn't really have that much of an appreciation for him other than this movie and heat and Tough. the other couple. Major, I actually don't like Top Gun, no. but we'll talk about that. I grew up watching it with my cousins, so it's got a I've special seen place. It a bunch of times, I still don't know what it's about. <laughs> this is dudes fucking going fast, feeling the need for speed, <laughs> playing volleyball, showing you what the fucking 80s were all about. You know? Yeah. Kenny Loggins. <laughs> fucking, I don't know. Oh, man. I know. I like. I do. I have a hard time. Believe me. So striking movies that I grew up no, no, watching. No, believe me. But yeah. So Val Kilmer, just absolutely amazing in this role. It, it's really sad he he got um, throat cancer right yeah. um, in the recent years. He yeah. beat it apparently, yeah, and he's recovering. But his voice. Vo- his vo- voice box is just. Yeah. I don't know if it's rep- uh, repairable, um, but it just it's. So sad. It's really sad. It's really sad. He's a, he, he's a tremendous talent. And he is an artiste. No, he really, like, he, he really, really is. is. And and this this Just role, I think, all of, of all roles shows it because he's. I mean, he's great as Jim Morrison. Yeah, he is fucking. A lot of people talk shit on that movie, though. By the way, a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, but he's good as you can't deny that he's doesn't embody Jim Morrison. Yeah. No, I I, um, I agree. But he's great in Heat. He's great in Top Gun. He's great in a lot of things that he does. But what you're saying is he's an artiste and in this movie in general is yeah. just he's the best he's yeah. so, he's so good as as good as as good of a Wyatt Earp as Kurt Russell is as good as everybody else is in this movie he just steals the show oh yeah no no question hands down for sure so next up we got Bill Paxson rest in peace Bill Paxson um i you know i had this weird appreciation for Bill Paxton that I never knew was there until he was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I'm not going to say until he was gone. Until right a, a few years before he died. Yeah. I grew up watching this movie. I grew up watching um, True Lies, which he's in, mm-hmm. which is, I think is my favorite Bill Paxton role of all time. <laughs> and I can't wait to do that movie so and talk good. about Bill Paxton for like 20 minutes. But he, you know, he... He's a he's a guy who always just seems super duper goofy to me. Even in this movie, he's a younger brother. He seems a little like eager to please, like yeah, kind of hot damn. These girls are like just oh, trying yeah, to like birds jump. yeah, just like trying to ampli- amplify things when they don't really need to be. Yeah, and uh, you know he, I think one of his first like big talking roles is in term the first Terminator. Oh, he's yeah. one of the punks that gets yeah. killed right away. That Arnold steals his clothes. Like I said, he's in True Lies. He's in this movie, and in this movie, he just plays that great, that great naive 
I mean, he's in his 30s at this time for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just this naive little brother who's mm-hmm. obviously a man, but is just tagging along and trying to be the best brother that he can to yeah. his older brothers who he looks up to and admires. Oh, another film that he's in that I fucking love is Weird Science, and he's just a complete mm-hmm. asshole in that movie. What's that movie where he's a vampire? Is that After Dark? No, that's uh, that's Nightbreed. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's Nightbreed. Where he's all like... Like half of his face yeah. is fucked up. Wait, is it Nightbreed or is it After Dark? I think it's After Dark. I've never seen it, but I, when he died, people were posting that picture of him. I was like, what fucking movie is that? I think it's Nightbreed. I don't know. I, it might be after dark. I need, actually, I need to watch that. It might though. be after dark. You might. You might be right. Insane. Um. Yeah. Where he's like on the. Because I've seen that movie, but I can't remember if it's if it's that one. But yeah, he he's he's just really good in this in this in this movie. He's like I said, got this naivete. He's asking about God and. Oh yeah. You know he could. God you, damn you, it! What? <laughs> you could tell he's just like the least. He's got the least figured out of all three of the brothers. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, near dark. Near dark yeah. That's what it's called. Sorry. Yeah, near dark. That's the movie. I'm sorry to Bill Paxton and all Bill Paxton's fans. If they're out there, they're probably fucking. Yeah, they're yelling. They're yelling at, at me right dark, now. Near dark, you fuck. <laughs> Maybe I'll cut that part out of the podcast. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, off, he's but... also in Near Dark, um, and not any other movie like that because I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah, he's fucking amazing in this movie. And it sucks that he dies in the movie, but, you know, that's what happened in real life. And then after this movie, he goes on and has a pretty, like, illustrious career. He's He was on a show for, I think, like, six seasons called Big Love. And it was about, oh, um, it was about Mormons and, uh, what's it called when you have more than one wife? Polygamy. Polygamy. Oh. It was a really weird fucking show, but <laughs> it was actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I remember my, like, I would watch it almost every week because my mom watched it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a pretty cool show, and then I, I, you know, he's he's got a small role in that movie Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh yeah, and he that. just and he just brings the same like Bill Paxton feel like to it the whole time. Obviously, he's in the well, used to be the highest budget movie ever made or highest grossing movie ever made, Titanic. Uh, oh yeah, I, I forget about that movie because I hate it so much. Um, oh my god. Are you going to sit there and really tell me you like Titanic? Uh, Look. (laughs) I had that movie on the double VHS. So did I! So did I! And I sat in front of the TV, and I watched both of those VHSs over and over again. Mainly because of the sex scene. (laughs) You don't even see anything! Yeah, but dude, I was fucking young. That's all I needed. It was just like watching the scrambled, you know, on the black box where it, it goes clear for like 10 I'm seconds. I'm sorry. And you I, see ha- a tit. I, had, I, had, I had fast times at Richmond High, so I got to see tits oh. and shit all well, the time. Well, I would, I would pause the sex scene on Desperado for that, too. Yeah, okay. All right. But, um, yeah, I love Titanic. And you ask Michelle next time you see her, and she'll go like, oh, my God. That doesn't surprise me at all. She'd be like, Michelle, you- Michelle's not a, a like, six-foot... 200 pound metal drummer so that doesn't surprise me she, about her. she's like she's like she always when she talks about it she's like you would think that would be me watching that movie over and over again she goes no it was jason watch that movie all the time can i can i confess a secret i've never told anybody about this what? ever 
the summer going into seventh grade. It was mostly because of the hot chicks in it, but I actually started liking the story and everything. The summer going into seventh grade, I would spend every night downstairs on a futon <laughs> and I would watch Coyote Ugly over and over <laughs> again. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, dude, I, I, I would watch it every night. It was that. That movie and something else, but I would yeah. watch it over and over. I started watching it because there was hot chicks in it. Yeah, of course. But then I started like liking the story yeah. and liking the chick flick, like feel good narrative of it. And I did that all of summer going. Oh no, I think it was summer going into eighth grade, mm. but it was one of those. I can't remember. But I digress because we got pretty far off of yeah. Bill Paxton. Um, but yeah, he, he was a great actor. Rest in peace, Bill Paxton. I'm a big fan of his. Oh, the last movie that when I started realizing that I love Bill Paxton as much as I do is that movie Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise and he uh, plays like his drill sergeant. He's just got this really creepy vibe yeah. in that movie. And the movie, even even though it's a sci-fi action movie, it's actually really funny. And he plays a really good role in that movie. It's a very small part and everything, but it, it, he's just, he's great in it. And it just solidified, you know, me liking Bill Paxton. And the way that he died, too, is like he didn't have cancer mm-hmm. or anything. He was having an operation. The operation went bad. And it just sucks. So, R.I.P. Bill Paxton. Wasn't um, he in Predator 2? The one with Danny Glover. I think he was. Yeah. I've only seen that movie a couple times yeah. because, and I tried not to remember because it's fucking really bad. Yeah. But he's he's in a there's so many movies we didn't name that he's he's been in. But moving on, um, next up we got Sam Elliott. He doesn't have I mean he's got a pretty big role in the movie. We could talk a little bit more about his character than Sam Elliott himself. Uh, I haven't seen that movie that many movies with Sam Elliott. I know I've seen a few. Um, obviously the mustache is iconic, mm-hmm. and the other movie that people might know him for the most is The Big Lebowski, yeah. which we'll definitely be doing on this podcast. He's great. He he's he's just a fucking cowboy. You yeah. can't get you can't get right. around that. He's just so perfect for the part. And I like him in the role, obviously, because he fits the part, but his character in general, like I said earlier, there's this should I like him, should I not attitude for him? Because it's kind of like the like what's going on today when you're like, oh, should I play into capitalism and, and should I enjoy CEOs and everything like that because his whole his whole torn thing is that they're making a buttload of money while everybody else in this town is suffering yeah. and if he doesn't do something about it then he's, he's, like he's yeah he's a vulture he's just as bad as the people breaking the law so that's virtuous about him but when you deal in absolutes mm-hmm. you get people killed because like I said earlier he's got Morgan's blood on his hands because he wants to disarm those cowboys and we like we said we don't know if the cowboy is going to retaliate that day because I Ike said they had something coming that day, and then more cowboys show up. So the tensions were high, but, you know, Wyatt being Wyatt, having a cooler head, telling them, let their fucking booze wear off, and they'll, like, wise up, and nothing will happen. So you you like Virgil for his morals and his standards, but at the same time, you just don't know whether or not they're worth it, because they get his brother killed. They could have. The the misdemeanor, like, the army. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Listen to Wyatt. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. So that's his character, Sam Elliott. I mean, he's good in the movie. Uh, good in other things that I've seen him too, but it's not somebody's who, whose career that I've followed like I vigorously. Think, I think he's great in uh, Star is Born. 
Oh yeah, he's he's super yeah. good in that movie. Yeah, he's great in that movie. It was a good movie. Um, next up, Powers Booth in oh, this yeah. movie is, and the only other things that I've ever seen Powers Booth in is, uh, Red Dawn. He plays the the Air Force pilot that crashes and ends up with the Wolverines. And then he's in Sin City. He plays like the mayor, whatever. He's just super evil, evil guy. And he's good in both of those movies, especially in the Sin City movies. Super menacing. But in this movie, as Curly Bill Brocious, you kind of like him a little bit. You kind of want to hang out with them. Like, you kind of want to just be around. He'll take care of you. Yeah, no, he's, he's taking care of it. That's the one thing I was gonna ask. Is he fucking Billy? I think he's gay. Yeah? Yeah. Is that what you, uh, you mean? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I mean. Because remember, he's like, here, Billy comes in, like, because he comes in, and then that one dude, that's another guy. I, I tried, uh, believe me, guys, I tried to go through this entire cast of people that have been in multiple things, and even the guy that I'm talking about right now, I know he's in episodes of The Wonder Years that I love, and my mom loves him because he's on some show that she loves. There's so many, like, little tiny people in this movie. Billy Nilly? That, yeah. <laughs> when he's like, uh, what do you say there, Billy Nilly? Yeah. That guy. But when Billy walks by, he's like, what's up, sissy boy? Give me some, give oh, me yeah. some. And then Curly Bill's like, here, you can sit with me. Yeah. Like, and he's like, why, why would Curly Bill want that guy yeah. sitting next to him? Like, Why? So I'm like, dude. And then what he says about the deal. So I'll take that deal and drill the old devil in his ass. Yeah. So I'm like, I think Curly Bill's banging that dude. I think he's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I always love that. Jason Priestley's in this movie, too. But no. That's him? Yeah, that's Jason Priestley. Oh, shit. So Curly Bill in this movie, he, he, like I said, he's kind of like right at the beginning. Uh, grass, yeah, fucking <laughs> so menacing and so evil, but at the same time, I kind of want to be his friend, man. He just <laughs> kind of seems like a good time a yeah. little bit. Maybe he gets a little hits the fucking beep out a little too hard or oh, whatever, yeah. but it, it, it just, uh, I don't know, something about him. I like he has it. one of the best lines, too. Which one? After he smokes and he goes outside, he's like, I feel just capital. Oh, wait. I had another line that we, he said. We would always say that shit when we get drunk or high, and we just be like, I feel <laughs> But him as an antagonist in this movie, like, second, or, would you say he's second to Johnny Ringo, or Johnny Ringo's, like, second to him? Johnny Ringo's second to him. Yeah, because that's kind of how their power dynamics see him set first. up until, he, until he's dead. You see his boots first, you know? Yeah, and that, what, a, what an entrance, you know? Yeah. He's got the playing cards on his, on his boots, yeah. and, uh. Like I said, you really want to hang out with him, but at the same time, it's just like, oh, this guy's menacing. Yeah. And then he kills Fred White in the street. Oh, Fred. And, and he's got this, he's got this, because uh, Johnny Ringo, I can't ever imagine Johnny Ringo telling a joke, you know? Yeah. But Curly Bill seems like a person who would tell a joke right before he fucking kills him. Oh, yeah. And that's just kind of cool. Yeah, it's really fucked up to say, but that's, I don't know, there's something enticing about the guy. I'm laughing right now because when Fred White tells him to give him the guns. I'm only like, funny. Yeah, I'm only funny. He's like, come on, Curly Bill. And he's like, sure thing, Dad. <laughs> sure thing, Dad. <laughs> Drinks are on me. Yeah. All right. Don't so mind him. He's just drunk. When he grabs Ringo. <laughs> yeah. And, and just the voice. Yeah. Just the voice of his. The presence. He's just so big. Yeah. Everything about it. Uh, it's, like, it's, it's the um, shirt, the red shirt, right? Yeah. 
There's right, something just, so braggadocious, but yeah. so like you don't want to look away. You're just mm-hmm. like that guy. I want to see what's going to happen next mm-hmm. with that guy, like anywhere that he goes in any type of situation. So after that, we got Michael Bean, oh, who is fucking fantastic in this movie, and he's probably most famous for this movie and playing John Connor in. Not, I'm sorry, not John Connor. Kyle. Uh, Kyle Reese yeah. in Terminator. That's another person that I really wish would have had more of a mm-hmm. more of a career. You know, he he I'm he's acted steadily throughout his years, but the abyss too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, him and James Cameron are our yeah. boys, but um, that's just another person that I wish would have had a little bit bigger of a career because he's he's really good in, in this movie. Oh, one thing that I will say, he's got the shiniest teeth. I've like I I was watch. I've always noticed it, but I made a point to like write it down today yeah. i don't know if they put like beeswax on his teeth or something mm-hmm. but like when he's given the and he'll follow with him and like yeah. you could just see his teeth the whole time and they're just shiny as fuck i like how he keeps he, his mustache is really well kept too yeah i always wanted a real mustache so i could do that little that i love that the, this one with the thumb yeah like it's so just distinct carries across yeah. yeah just so good but he's Fucking Johnny Ringo in this movie, and he's just intense in yeah. every scene that he's that he sees. Even when he's drunk, you're still a little afraid of him because you know as good of a gunfighter fighter as you are, he'd probably still fucking smoke you. The yeah. only person that would take him down is Doc Holliday. Mm-hmm. And the intensity in the eyes when he's doing the gun whip in the in the oak in the Oriental. Oh, so cool. It, it's just it, he's he's how long did did you Look up by chance. Uh, it took him to learn. No, that? I don't know how long it took him, but I know that I I did look up that he him and him and Val Kilmer like vigorously like studied gun handling like for for months at, at, at least a few months just yeah. every day all the time. Because that, that he shit. goes in on that shit. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty impressive. After Michael Bean, we have Stephen Lang who plays uh, I clamp it. <laughs> Or I, I Clanton and gosh, Stephen Lang in this movie is fucking amazing. He he just plays the worst person ever in this movie. <laughs> he's so weaselly and he's such a piece of shit, such yeah. an asshole <laughs> yeah. that it's almost unbearable. And you laugh every time he gets hit or gets a gun pointed yeah. to his head. When he falls running when, away. Yeah, every single time. I got no guns. I got no guns. Get the fight in there. Get out. Uh, <laughs> he's just such a weasel. And then, hey, Maddie, where's Wyatt? Right here. I... Please don't come out, dude. And then just the, the, the reading. The, he, he ain't bluff. He ain't bluff. He'll kill me. Go on. Get back. Just, just so good, and for the longest time, I'll take no lift and no bartender. Oh, either. dude, yeah, my cousin, <laughs> my cousin, awesome. my cousin used to do this thing where you he would, camps. he would take, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly what I was talking about. My cousin used to think where he would take, he would take parts from like gangster movies or shit like that, and then put it on a on a when you used to make your own mixtapes and yeah. shit. He would record parts from movies uh-huh. and then as a lead into the song. And then when he was listening to like Sugar Free about fucking a pimp song or whatever, he put that, <laughs> you goddamn pimps. Like, <laughs> he put that on there, dude. And yeah, he just, uh, he just fucking. Cut your goddamn pimp part out. Don't you ever touch Cowboy? Law <laughs> don't go around here. Law dog, you <laughs> Just, Just so good. And I didn't. 
I'm sure there's other things that I've seen him in. He's been in a bunch of shit. Apparently, he's he's has a pretty like uh, high role in like SAG. It's like the president of something. Oh wow! He's recently had a little bit of success with that horror movie called Don't Breathe, and they just released a, se- a, a sequel. I heard that one's really good. The sequel seems a little much from the trailers that I've seen. But um, yeah, he he's had a little bit more success, and then obviously, well, I don't know if it's obvious to anybody because when I saw it, I had no idea it was the same person. Same. I already know. What you're uh, he's the the villain in Avatar, yeah, and I somehow he's gonna be in the sequels, um, which I'm excited for because I I mean I'm not excited for the movies. Let's just get that straight because it's been fucking eleven years since the last movie came out, and I kind of don't give a shit about Avatar at all. Yeah. But I'm just excited because I really enjoyed his character in that movie. Yeah. Like that was one of the things that I actually did like about that movie. Um, and if he's going to be in it, being that same character, like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, this movie has a fucking onslaught of of other people: Michael Rooker, Billy Zane, Billy Bob Thornton, Jason Priestley, Thomas Hayden Church, Charlton Heston. The, the list goes on and on. That's like, dude, there's more people that have been in several other movies that I have seen that we could talk about, but we're going to be here all day if we do that. So the only other person that I would say is McMasters, which is Mickey, mm. Ro- uh, not Mickey, Rook, uh, Michael Rooker. Yeah. And I just want to give him a little shout out because Michael Rooker has been a dude that has been consistently making movies over the years. Uh, I think he his first biggest role was like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. He does this movie. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. He he's in Mallrats. The, I the first time I remember like oh, yeah. oh who's this guy is he was in Mallrats <laughs> and he's just the most de- he always plays an asshole in yeah. almost everything he does. He was in a couple seasons of The Walking Dead. Yeah, it's great. No. Him in Mallrats is just fucking fantastic. He's he's just so good in that movie. I mm. love him in that movie. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> And just the just the voice that that raspy yeah. raspy voice. Oh, uh, another movie he's in that I, that I absolutely love is Slither. Uh, another movie made by James that. Gunn. It's it's great. It's it's like Night of the Creeps, but made for today's audience. Yeah, the cast we can go on and on. Like I said, Charlton S. and I had a little bit of little bit in there. We talked about Billy Bob Thornton. Um, one dude that I never recognize, he's pretty much a that guy, but he's been in so many things, and this can't be his real name. He plays the Mexican dude at the beginning, Florendio, Florentino. Um, apparently his name is Paul Ben Victor, which <laughs> I hate when people have three or two first names. But yeah, he's been in a bunch of shit. I just thought I'd throw his name out there. I remember he was on Entourage. He played Mo in like the TV version of the Three Stooges. Mm. Um, but yeah, just put his name out there just because he's been in a bunch of stuff and I recognized him today. But yeah, that's pretty much the cast. All right, so let's come down to it. Who do you love in this movie? I think we might both have the same same answer, but we're going to go through it anyway because that's what we do here. Yeah, my I mean, if I had to pick one, man, for sure Val Kilmer is Doc Holliday. Yeah. I mean, his performance is just it's just so it's legendary, so natural. Yeah, so legendary. Not, not for a, not for a second do you, yeah, not believe that he is who no, he is. It's like he read that he read his backstory. You know, I don't think he went and looked at. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think he went and did any research on old Doc Holiday um, portrayals mm-hmm. because. Yeah, no, the, I wouldn't think so either. Like his completely revitalized like yeah. his own version yeah and and yeah so a character like that is just like he is doc holiday like for 
a lot of people, right? Like, yeah. When you think of Val Kilmer, you think Doc Holliday. Yeah, no, sure. without without a doubt. And but like, I don't I don't remember in the documentary if did he ever say like, oh, like I wanted to get away from that, or he was proud of that performance. No, he I think I think he's right? proud of it. Yeah. I, they do me- they do mention when he's going around the, like the country signing stuff that he gets in his head about like oh like i'm not acting anymore this is all i have or whatever but then he goes back to the idea that like these people love what i did and they yeah. love what i'm doing like what i've done so i have to appreciate them mm-hmm. so before i agree with you completely um i just want to give some honorable mentions um we were talking about curly bill and powers booth yeah i think both of them for different or them for different reasons curly bill is just such a fun cowboy like as as outlaws go mm-hmm. he's not too serious he's not too, he's like he's 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 awesome um and powers booth not even as the character i'm just intrigued by like why it, even more than because i mean michael bean i've seen more michael bean and more stuff mm-hmm. like just why powers booth has it he's just his voice and his like I just think he's got a a look that just can be even if he played a villain in every single movie that he was in, you know, yeah. like I just think he he's got this presence that's that's fantastic. And then obviously Wyatt is he, Wyatt is is just such a great character because of what we talked about all those different layers that he has. He's got that that cunning warrior layer, he's got that that sweet layer of laughter that that asshole rapport layer with doc holiday and he's got that vulnerable layer where you know as much as he's got everything together he still doesn't know what he wants or what he want what he wants to do or anything so it's just such a dynamic character that it, i i couldn't get past without saying like of course had doc holiday not been this movie or if he had been in this movie and play, maybe played by willem dafoe and the character just wasn't that awesome mm-hmm. why it would be my hands down yeah. favorite character but Obviously, that's not the case because Val Kilmer is in this movie and he plays Doc Holliday, which is my favorite character in this movie. And I honestly would be amiss if I ever heard anybody say that they like anybody more than Doc Holliday in this movie. It, he, I mean, put away Val Kilmer's performance. If you look at the man as a man, he's cultured, mm-hmm. he's intelligent, he's a musician, Yeah, he's a just a badass gambler mm-hmm. he's the quickest draw like he he's, and he's doing all this while having tuberculosis. while tuberculosis and like literally on his deathbed yeah. and and just his 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 snapbacks like if you're his friend and he's not talking shit to you that's the funniest thing in the fucking world yeah. like dude you're just sitting there chuckling on it that's why that's why Wyatt says he loves him he what? says he makes him laugh when at the beginning puts, of the movie when he puts the cards down he's like oops oops <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Or when he tells him, he tells Kate, he's like, "Cover your ears, darling," because <laughs> all the guys are gonna be mad. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, yeah. It just it, it, exa- exactly <laughs> like obviously Val Kilmer's performance leads to that, but that's who I want to believe Doc Holliday was. Oh, definitely. Over anybody else's portrayal of him, if anybody plays him in the future or anything like that, like that's a gargantuan task. If if they ever make. A movie about this again, mm-hmm. and somebody plays Doc Holliday. It's like Heath Ledger taking on the Joker after yeah. Jack Nicholson. Like I, I, I can't imagine anybody ever doing a better job than yeah. than, than what Val Kilmer did with that role. 
So that's definitely a um, definitely my favorite character of all time. So we reached the point of the show where um, we have to ask the real hard question. If it had to happen, would you want to see a prequel, a sequel, a reboot, or a remake? Um, I'd go. I'd go with the prequel. I think that works. Yeah. I, you know what? I think we've done prequel every single episode so far. Yeah. I think it just lends itself to be a better, yeah. better story. It, it's like a failsafe. Because obviously, Wider mentions it in there that he only got into one firefight. He's only killed one person. That might not be that interesting. But maybe just the just a prequel about him and Docs, and yeah. you know, we learn why Virgil doesn't like yeah. him so much yeah. and stuff like that early on. Dodge City, if they met each other there, where they met each other. It'd be an interesting show. And so in Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner, they show a lot of his oh, former really? life. Yeah. Um, but obviously that movie sucks. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> they did it well and they did it more interesting. Um, like, because Dodge City was a wild fucking town. It's literally Wild West. Like, yeah. it was super That's, that's why, why the, the, the Get same. the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, yeah. because there was people, sh- robberies, murders yeah. Yeah. all the time. And for him to only get... You know, caught up in one fire in one firefight and kill one guy that yeah. whole time. That's pretty, you know. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're both on the same page. Prequel. I think that. I know you said you don't want to lean on that too much, but I think you could also do a ten episode Netflix series for it too. Yeah, I think you could do that. I watch yeah, it for sure. Yeah. No, I think I have like a couple more. Oh, I I really love the. Right when they get off the train and the lawmen, oh, they approach they, him. They see they see him do the horse thing, and they're like, "Oh, that must be him." That's yeah. why it hurt. Like his reputation precedes him for sure. Yeah. But then they go up, and he's like, "Oh, uh, I never." And then the dude's like, "Oh, I never met a rich man without a guilty conscience." And then you just retort right away, "I already got a guilty conscience, so I might as well have the money to go with it." <laughs> that's fucking. That's that's great. Just pretty much anything that comes out of Doc Holliday's mouth. Yeah. Why? Whatever do you mean? Or we cross? Yeah. Well, if I thought we were friends, I don't know how I could live with myself. Or I don't think I could bear bear it. it. Yeah. 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 That stuff. Listen to your mouth. (laughs) You know what? Oh, I I didn't look at it because I had already done my research beforehand, but watching it today, I think that's Frank Stallone. Really? Yeah, I think it might be Frank Stallone mm. that he kills at the beginning. Mm. Uh, yeah, sadly enough, sorry to say, uh, apart from Josephine, we didn't really talk about. Actually, I don't even remember talking about her at all. No, the, the women kind of get sidelined in this movie, yeah. um, and it's not to say that they weren't important in the people's lives, but the, the story, the the movie's pretty long. And I think if you explore subplots with any of the relationships that they have, it takes away from the stuff that actually makes this movie good. Yeah. Not to say that you can't make a movie with women and and having good having good rapport or everything. Obviously, I was like I said, um, me and Jason were having a conversation before we started recording that my least favorite scene I thought was going to be the the horse ride where White and Josephine are together, but watching it today, I actually started breaking it down a little bit because Wyatt is not a he's he's a a man who of little questions he yeah. Oh, yeah. thinks he knows what he wants he he knows where he's been he's he's in his like 
maybe late 30s, early 40s at this point, and he gets this woman who's just asking questions. And you could tell in Wyatt's face and through Kurt Russell's performance that he's never been asked questions like this. Nobody's ever taken the time to ask him any of these things. She derails him completely. Yeah, completely. And it sends him home with Maddie, and we talked about that earlier. And I just think that... um, like that's a great if we could have fit more scenes in that without getting rid of everything else that's good about this movie it would have the movie would have been better for it but it's a cowboy western about revenge and yeah. killing people so it, it, the women do get sidelined in this movie but you know there's other movies with other women that we could talk about in the future where they get their moments to shine i'm curious on where maddie got her uh laudanum uh you used to from. be able to just buy that shit at the fucking market yeah but you did did she have a condition? Did she like? Well, she said headaches. Yeah, but so, that's probably from from fucking the withdrawal. No, 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 no. But I just think about this: you're living in the wild west. It's hot as fuck outside. There's not a lot of water everywhere. Most of the time, you're drinking alcohol. Then they used to do this back in the day. They used to uh, at the frontiers of America of America's like birthing and even in like Europe back in the day. Especially in Europe, because people used to just eating shit in their own houses mm-hmm. and shit in the water. There was no clean water. So yeah. babies, little kids, everybody used to just drink alcohol all the time. Yeah. So now you're out in the, in the West. It's hot as fuck. And in the middle of the day, you're drinking a scotch or a shot or something. And you get dehydrated really fast. You get alcohol. Like, you get fucking... And maybe if you don't want to be drunk all the time, you stop drinking and you get dehydrated and you get a fucking headache. So then she's like, oh, you know what will help that? Some fucking heroin. Yeah, basically, right? So I think she just got addicted to it because it was available in the fucking store. It was just there for her to have it. So, yeah. um, And apparently she dies of an overdose not too long after that. But <laughs> like I said, the rapport that they have when they first meet up with each other, Doc and everybody and mm-hmm. Billy Bob Thornton's there, and then fucking Sheriff Behan comes over and... Sheriff, have you met Doc Holliday? Oh, yeah, yeah. Piss, Piss on, on you. Why? <laughs> Mr. Holiday, forgive me if I don't shake hands. <laughs> and then he's talking about how, like, oh, we'll be just it's like San Francisco, yeah. blah, blah. And then they have that firefight. So, how's our little town, Suki? Fine. Fine, but, you know, I was thinking, what this town could really use is a racetrack. Really? That's not a bad idea. Send a signal we're growing up. Way ahead of yourselves, aren't you, boys? This is just another mining camp. Have you seen how everyone dresses? Awful Tony for a mining camp. No, sir, the die is cast. We are growing to be as big as San Francisco in a few years and just as sophisticated. (laughs) You son of a bitch! Easy, gents. Private affair. Raise that arm. I'll kill you! You cheat! Very cosmopolitan. Very cosmopolitan. And then, and then it's just like the world building on it. It's just like it's a fair fight. We was legal. Yeah. Uh, we gotta talk. We gotta take those guns from you. Uh, all right, Law and Order every time. And yeah. it's just like, dude, yeah. that's what Law and Order is like. I just killed it, dude. Yeah. But it was legal. Everyone saw it. Yeah, it's just fucking great. And and he gives that great like, just all the all the eyes and teeth. The all the T's are crossed and yeah. all the eyes are dotted because he gives that. Uh, don't raise that gun. I don't want to, or yeah. don't raise that arm. I don't want to have to and shoots them. And it's, yeah. and it's just, uh, there's so much detail that went into this movie. And I guess you could attribute that to the, to the director because mm-hmm. he wanted to make everything was super legit. 
um, and authentic, and then just the storytelling and everything would have came from Kurt Russell. But that that mesh, it's almost kind of better that that happened because it just turned out to be such a fucking great movie. Mm-hmm. It's funny when uh, before he introduces them, he's like, "May I introduce you to a pair of sophi- yes. a, a pair of uh, <laughs> sophisticates." <laughs> But yeah, guys, um, stay tuned. Next month, we're coming back uh, with four weeks full of horror movies. We don't know which ones we're going to do yet. We're going to put up a poll on our Instagram, and I'm sure by the time this episode comes out, you'll know what episode's coming up next. Um, Yeah, for Play It Again, Man podcast, I'm Steven Valdez. Jason Brunez. And you guys have a good week, and we'll see you at the movies. Later. Later. What's up, guys? Steven here, and if I may say so, that was probably the best episode that we've had so far. want to thank you guys for listening to that episode. We had a lot of fun recording that one. A couple of quick announcements. Um, we just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, week after week, listening to us talk about movies that we love. And because you guys have been tuning in week after week, we unlock sponsorship on the platform that we're releasing our podcast. So we'll be able to start generating some revenue and maybe get some better equipment, and that way we can have some guests on. So again, thank you guys. We couldn't have done it without you. And next announcement is we are going to be moving the podcast to premiere on Thursday morning. So be the same podcast, just different day, Thursday morning. So that's going to be when our next episode after this one is going to be debuting. So with that being said, we put out a poll on our Instagram and you guys voted. So next week, we're going to be doing Wes Craven's redefining horror classic, Scream. So tune in for that episode. We're really excited for that one. And lastly, guys, please go follow us on our Instagram page. It's playitagainman underscore pod. And you could also follow us on TikTok by the same name. Tell your friends, tell your family. If they love movies, this is the place to come. Thank you again, guys, and we'll see you next week.